0: Hello, and welcome to our final chapter of the Three Sieges of the Fang. I'm Zekthon, and today we'll be looking over the third and last time the Fang has been laid siege to, during the era known as the Months of Shame. For those of you who are familiar with our boxes, we briefly discussed this in our notable Space Wolves segment. For those who are new, let me give you the briefest backgrounds. Then we will get into the meat of the siege. Right, so this is where it all starts with the First War of Armageddon, dated in 444 of the 41st millennium. The aggressors? They would be the forces of Chaos, with the help of Angron, the demon prince of Korn, along with his followers, the Chaos Space Marine chapter known as the World Eaters. The defendants? The Imperium of Man, along with units of the Grey Knights, and of course, Space Wolves. Angron sought to recreate a coherent force of Chaos Space Marine chapters capable of invading deep into the Imperium once more, just as they had done during the Horus Heresy. In the end, it was Angron's own foolish belief in his victory before he completed the total conquest of the world that led to the failure of the campaign and his banishment to the Warp for 100 Terran years. The First War of Armageddon represents a textbook example of how the forces of chaos can slowly infiltrate an imperial population to eventually bring about a full-scale invasion from the war. The war also unleashed an internal conflict between the time of 444 to 445 in the 41st millennium between the Inquisition and the Space Wolves, who took issue of the Inquisition's decision to quarantine and sterilize the entire surviving populace of Armageddon. The Inquisition did this on the sole principle to maintain imperial policies of secrecy concerning the existence of chaos and its demonic minions. The great wolf, Logan Grimnar, saw this action as an outright betrayal of the Imperium's highest ideals, and the Space Wolves initiated a campaign of cat and mouse against the Inquisition. Scooping up the survivors of Armageddon, he escaped on his fleet and began to disperse them across the galaxy. In response, the Inquisition gave chase, catching some of the humans missing most. The conflict eventually resulted in an orbital battle over the Space Wolves' homeworld of Fenris between the Space Wolves' chapter fleet and the Inquisitorial fleet under the command of Inquisitor Lord Kaisnaris, And that, folks, is where we get into the last Siege of the Fang. Lord Kaisnaros arrived with his fleet to find the planet was virtually undefended, as the vast majority of the Space Wolves in their chapter fleet were dispersed on missions across the galaxy. Kaisnaros, directing operations from his flagship, asked for a parley with any ranking Space Wolf available, to which the few Space Wolves present agreed. Kaisnaros asked the Grey Knight, Hyperion, commanded respect amongst the Space Wolves because he was known as the Blade Breaker for his role in defeating the demon Primarch Angron on Armageddon, and Inquisitor Jarls daughter, to join him as representatives of the Grey Knights and the Inquisitor Ordos, respectively. The team soon arrived at the Fang for the meeting. The Space Wolves had awoken the venerable dreadnought Bjorn the Fell handed to deal with the Inquisitorial Party. The ancient warrior, who had once fought beside the Primarch Lehman Russ during the Great Crusade, and had served as the first great wolf of the chapter after Russ's disappearance, immediately received the deserved respect and reverence of the Inquisitorial delegation, and was thought to be a more temperate and wiser representative for the chapter than Logan Grimnar. While Kysnoris asked for a parley, it wasn't much of one. He demanded complete obedience of the space wolves, as well as demanded them to help him with a crusade to hunt down Logan Grimnar and his followers and exterminate them as heretics of mankind. In exchange, he would leave the rest of the chapter alone. A rather small penance. Bjorn was not impressed countering that Kaisnoros was asking a noble story chapter that had served mankind since the time of the emperor to bend the knee to a faceless bureaucrats who ruled according to expedience rather than honor. Further, this was a demand whilst the Inquisition's orbital guns were locked on the Fang. Also, he was unimpressed with those guns that were targeting the Fang. Remember, He he was part of the first siege against the Thousand Sons. Bending down so the paling Inquisitor could see his face through the grim hole of the sarcophagus, he growled politely that the Inquisitor needed more proof of such heresy to present at this case. Then they might have a conversation. Kaisnoros paled in fear as he stood face to face with the mighty dreadnought then nodded silently and was about to stammer out more information when he got some of his own. Logan Grimnar had returned to Femris and he had brought the entire fleet. Hearing this, negotiations came to an obvious but abrupt halt as Kisnaros scurried back to his flagship, the Coral's Hope. Once back on his ship, Kisnaros sent panicked Voxes Grimnar's flagship. The response? Growls and howls of war. Grimnar began to engage the Inquisitor's fleet in close combat. How dare this little twerp assault the home of the Sons of Rus? Getting a hold of himself, Kaisnaros exhibited remarkable calmness under pressure and fell back on his knowledge of naval tactics. He ordered half the Inquisition assets to commence conventional only bombing of the Fang, whose defense batteries were already engaging the armada, while coordinating the maneuvers of the rest of his ships. While the battle was raging, Grimnar had his flagship the Skrymasach come abreast of Coral's Hope, where the Astartes vessel's superior shields, armor, and broadside proved deciding factors as the Coral's Hope's void shields failed first. Immediately, Grimnar and his wolfguard teleported from the Scramershack to the bridge of the Inquisitorial Battlecruiser. As the wolfguard caused mayhem on the bridge, Grimnar sprinted towards the command throne, where Kaisnoris stood, despite resistance by Hyperion and one other Grey Knight. And with the assistance of Inquisitor Jarl Stalter, the Great Wolf quickly reached the Inquisitor Lord. Kaisnoros was unarmed, and he was a powerful psyker with telekinetic abilities. However, he did not have time to react, given the Great Wolf's speed and ferocity. For Grimnar, he gave one swift move and unceremoniously decapitated the Inquisitor Lord. Kaisnoros' death was not enough to placate the enraged space wolves, who continued their rampage until shortly after. Bjorn the Fell-Handed teleported to the bridge of the Coral's Hope and bade everyone to stop this madness. Thanks to his timely intervention and mediation, the battle ended and the truce was sought amongst the combatants and thus ended the last siege of the Fang. But what followed was an uneasy peace, garnered by our good friend Bjorn. Did I mention we knew each other? Oh, yes. Bjorn has many conversations with Yuxin and I. Although if you asked him, he would say it's a recurring dream during his very deep sleeps between times he's awoken. But if you want to see a dreadnought jump, just ask Bjorn who Zekthar is. <laughs> Anywho, it was our good friend Bjorn who garnered the peace between the Space Wolves and the Inquisition of Man. He told Grimnar to immediately cease hostilities and to find a compromise with the Inquisition and the Imperium. He then addressed Jarl's daughter and Hyperion as the ranking representatives of the Inquisition present, stating that no Inquisition ship should ever again appear over Fenris. Also, the Space Wolves who had learned of the Grey Knight's existence, should not be mind-wiped, as was normal in such cases. But instead, Hyperion should personally explain the Grey Knight's mission and its importance to all the Astartes within the Fang. This way, no such conflict should ever again occur due to a misinterpretation or a misunderstanding and ignorance of the Inquisition's mission. The combatants reluctantly accepted terms, and that truly ended it. However, the terms of the truce were only accepted out of necessity out of both. The losses of the Space Wolves were extensive. During the eight-month engagement of the Months of Shame, the chapter fleet was decimated. Many thousands of their chapter serves, or thralls, had perished, and a large number of Astartes were dead or disabled. During the siege, the Fang was damaged even more severely than during Magnus the Red's first siege of the Fang during the 32nd millennium. We talked about in the first box. As many as four Imperial vessels had crashed into the massive fortress monastery itself, while the orbital bombardment had caused even more crippling damage. The Space Wolves' losses were mirrored by the Inquisition. The Grey Knights specifically suffered serious casualties, with several of the Chapter Starships lost, as well as a Brotherhood strength contingent of irreplaceable Grey Knight Astartes. The casualties came on the heel of the First War of the Armageddon campaign, which had already cost both sides dearly. Even more damaging were the unspoken repercussions, the almost total breakdown of the trust between the Space Wolves and the Imperium authorities, especially the Inquisition. This also caused second guessing of the Inquisition by some Grey Knights. Yet at the end of the mess it was concluded that the chaos hadn't spread through the ranks of the Inquisition, and to this day they still work hand in hand with the Ordos Malus, the demon hunting segment of the Inquisition. Yet still today, the Grey Knights are more cautious of what the Ordos Malus says. And while they may follow them, they fall on their own terms. After all, Kaisnoros prosecuted an eight-month violent campaign against the celebrated loyalist first founding chapter of Space Marine and had exclusive call on Brotherhood Strength Force of the Grey Knights, using them clearly outside of their demon-hunting mission parameters. Kaisnoros' mandate was coming from the higher echelons of the Inquisition, as was made obvious during the discussion of the truce terms among the assembled Inquisitors over Fenris. Which makes sense. The Inquisition has always had a problem with the Space Wolves, especially their keeping units of the Wolfen. Mark my words, this was no chaos-driven scourge on the Wolves, but a heavy-handed tactic to try to bring the Sons of Rust to heal. Yet, the Inquisitors had no choice but to accept the truce. Yet, they immediately started to ponder ways to bring the Space Wolves to heel. Going as far as to consider manipulating the Chapter Seeds, the Space Wolves had no illusions. The Inquisition was not going to leave them in peace. Even as the last Inquisitor's vessel was departing Fenris, Grimnar and the remnants of the chapter were preparing for the next round of their conflict with the Imperium's secret police. And to this day, each faction keeps a wary eye on the other. It's its honestly sad. I mean, just think about all the supplies and forces they could use for, you know, the real enemies like Chaos, the Tau, the Necrons. And most importantly, the Tyranids. <sighs> Regardless, this is how this ends. I hope you enjoyed this last box of the Fang. Until next time, this is Zekthar signing off. <laughs>